Welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, black ass spiritual traditions, honoring the ancestors through honoring ourselves and getting free. Period. I'm your host, Juju. Juju Bay. I am a hoodoo practitioner. I am an Orisha devotee. I am an ancestral stan theologian. And Reverend Pastor, and welcome to the show. If this is your first time, hey boo. If this is your second time, hey. If this is your third time, fourth time, fifth time, this is your 46th time. I think we're on episode 46. Is this 47, child? Hey, hello. Come on in the room. Appreciate you. Happy you're here. Very excited. Very, very excited about today's uh, episode because it is an interview with none other than the People's Oracle, also known as Dana Lynn Knuckles, who is a reader who is a wonderful astrologer and all around just just queen like I don't know just she's giving us just queen vibes I don't I, that's all I have but <laughs> so I know I know y'all are gonna enjoy uh the interview today I'm just here to just facilitate a good conversation if I could be quite honest I'm feeling a little out of it today um I feel a little off, but not, no, I'm not going to say that it's off. It's not off. It's just not, I feel like my head is all over the place. I guess this is my air sign energy. You know, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of things I'm processing. Not quite sure what to share yet. I don't know, child, but let's just drop this intro and get into today's wonderful episode. Welcome back. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no sage. And I'll never keep it I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything, give me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop, drop. You know, I've been talking a lot about shadow work. This is, I'm still there. I'm still processing it, still thinking through it, still trying to be better, still making a lot of mistakes along the way, um, still dealing with my imposter syndrome. And it's so much, y'all. I think the next episode where it's not an interview, I could maybe get into more detail about this. I just, it's just so much. Like, I can't right now. Like, <laughs> just, I can't. Just know we are all going through our own quarantine, you know, coronavirus stuff in our own ways. Mine is just making clear so much in my life. And I'm riding the wave. I'm riding the wave. I am just being honest. I am trying to be honest with myself and then be honest with the people around me. Um, I'm just trying to live up and be who I know I'm supposed to be. And that doesn't come without a lot of mistakes. And yeah, so 
honey, I'm trying. I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to just do my work and share what I can and heal and address the parts that are nasty and messy. I'm also wanting to give y'all good content. I care a lot about that. I, I care that what you hear from me is valuable and packed with information and, you know, always praying that it inspires you, you know, even if it's not, you don't, I don't expect everyone to agree with everything that I say, you know, I don't expect everyone to, um, really anything, but if there's just one thing that I say that makes you feel a little bit better about yourself, that's what I hope. That's really what I hope with this show and just with all of my work. So I pray that you all just continue to be open to it. Um, and continue to let however the work uses you, uses you, however it inspires you, let it inspire you. Um, I'm just going to share. I was on a call for my great aunt who was 91. Her birthday was last week and we had a little Zoom party. And she was like, my aunt is, she's, she doesn't give 91. She be FaceTiming, messaging. She's one of those, those elders. Um, she's also like my family, Gria, so we love to see it. But anyway, she was giving some advice on Myrtle because she was like, well, anybody have anything to say? Anybody have any advice for me? I said, you the one turning 91, Miss Ma'am. I, we need advice. So she going to say, try to be happy every single day. That was her first advice. And I said, oh, okay. It's so funny when people say stuff like that or like elders, like just be happy. And... You're just kind of like, um, I I would love to just <laughs> just try to be happy. But I take the advice because be, elders be saying it. It's something to it. Like, I really, clearly we need to actually be trying to find and strive for happiness in our day to day. So I took that. And the next thing she said was, everything may not happen how you want it to happen. But that doesn't mean that God is saying no. And, you know, regardless of, you know, God, ancestors or, or whatever you may believe, the universe I think it was just such a an impactful mo moment or just word of advice for me. Um, just because, you know, we're often derailed. We think our lives are going to be a certain way and it ends up being another way. Or we had a plan to do a particular thing. Uh, hello, all of 2020. We probably all had specific plans and shit is just not going the ways that we expected. But that doesn't mean that spirit or the universe or what you are hoping or striving to succeed or do is saying no to you. It may be detoured, it may be delayed, it may be um, still having, needing to brew, you may be being redirected, but that is not a no. That's not a no. So don't tell yourself no when you are redirected. And so I just wanted to share Auntie Myrtle C. So try to be happy this week or whenever you're listening, try to be happy, strive for happiness, strive for things that make you feel good each day. And then do not see your redirections or life not being how you want it to be. Don't understand that as life telling you no. As God telling you no or universe telling you no. So that's what I want to share. Um, let us transition into donations. Let's talk about how to help keep this show afloat. And I guess keeping me afloat. <laughs> And then we are just going to get into the interview. Before donations, let me say that myself and LaVon Proverbs also was a guest on the Masturbation is a Gift from God episode. 
Levon and I are doing a book study, a book club, virtual book club for patrons on the Juju Bay tier. For yes, for the Juju Bay tier. And we will be reading The Spirit of Intimacy, Ancient African Teachings and the Ways of Relationships. So um, we're just going to be exploring this really powerful, powerful book by Sabonfu Somme, elevated, wonderful, powerful ancestor of ours who wrote this wonderful book. I actually talked about this book in the Little Juju Books episode. I will link it in the show notes so you all can see um, why I enjoy this book so much. And I'm just so excited to be uncovering it with y'all for us to be able to talk about it, learn from it. It's a small book, but the information is deep and a lot. And it's it is going to be so, so good to learn from each other, to heal, um, and to just pick up a lot of the gems that um, Mother Ancestor Somme left for us. So if you are also wanting to join that group, that exclusive group, head on over to Patreon, select the Juju Bay tier, and we start in June, first Thursdays in June. So get your books. We're reading two chapters a month. So ain't nobody going to get left, get lost. You don't got to read it all in a day. And we're going to be really breaking down some of the tea in this really wonderful book um, about community building relationships, love, dealing with conflict. It's so good. So, 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 so good. So, uh, yes, that was an announcement that I had. I feel like I had another announcement. I don't think so. Okay, now we can get into <laughs> donations. All you need is a little juju. I just need to get this off my chest. Now, I know that there are people who listen to this show who are not black. I know that there are people who listen to this show who ain't people of color. Okay, if you are listening to this show, I'm going to just talk to the white folks just for a second. Because I know you're listening because y'all reach out to me. So I know y'all listen. And y'all be tagging me sometimes. And then I know it's a lot of y'all who ain't tagging me because you feel guilty about listening. Hey, I look, this is my thing. I hope you donated, honey. I, I hope, I hope you are finding it in your spirit and you are doing your ancestral healing work too, and that you are giving back and you are sharing your energy of abundance uh with my black ass who is providing this healing <laughs> for other black people. And understanding that when black people heal, when black people are free, everyone else gets free. Everyone else gets healed subsequently. So if this black woman here, aka me, is aiding in your healing and you are a non-black person, specifically if you are a white person enjoying this show, I expect something in return. I do. You know, I don't know if your ancestors are pushing you to donate. I don't know what your ancestors are telling you. You might have to do some decolonizing work with them. Because I don't know if your ancestors would want you to share with me. I don't know. But I'm saying that that is an expectation that I have. If you are, if you do listen to this show, we're going to get right into how to donate, y'all. But this this, this was just on my spirit. And I'm like, it's too many dang old white people be listening to not have no white people donations. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. All you need is a little juju. A little juju podcast is written hosted and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless because podcasting ain't free. It takes time, energy, resources, money so that I can pay people to help me. Finally, I have a little bit more resources to do that. And I'm able to do that because people donate. Um, it is a few ways to donate to the show. 
All of them are important. I will start with the monetary ways and then we'll get into the non-monetary ways to support this work. So the first monetary way that I'll mention is through Patreon, which is a site that allows you to contribute to the show monthly. So on the first of the month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, which will range from $1 to as many dollars as you want. I have some suggestions on my Patreon. And based on the level that you donate is the level of content or things that you'll receive from me via Patreon, which includes exclusive deals, videos. Sometimes I do readings. Sometimes I do workings for specific patrons. It just depends. So big shout out to my patrons this week. I got a lot of new patrons. So bear with me and big blessings to y'all. Shout out to Jenny Desrosier for becoming a patron. Shout out to Shamaya Turner. Lonnie Ramokan, Shuri Ken, Sylvia E. Adzido, thank y'all so much. April Hunt, thank you. Marcy Anderson, Tijon Mays, Sharina Frazier, Nafsi, Leanne Scrimmager, thank y'all so much. Shonda Williams, Mykees Levels Morgan, thank you, Mykees. Mantis, thank you for becoming a patron. Cree. Grace Larson, Latoya Beckles, Tamia Bryce, Camilan Arnett. Hey, it's my god sister. Yaya, Naisha, thank you. Um, Lakeisha Terrence, thank you for upping your pledge. Noel Belton, thank you for becoming a patron. Trinice, hey boo, thanks for coming back and being a patron. Shay Munakwa, Jade Vincent, Christian Zeraldo, Whitney Pyers. Alicia Carey, Tia Mika Williams, Maureen, Nola Shakur, Dana John, Alexis K, Mona Hazior for a sweet 11-11. Thank you. Lolly Locks, Malwine, Hazel Patterson, Zakaya Shaney, Bria Hughes, Aiden Flowers. Hey, Aiden. Thank you for upping your pledge. Tori Zoe, thank you for becoming a patron. Shout out to Taryn. Shout out to Deandra. Cosmic. I love how Cosmic spelled that. K-A-U-S-M-I-C. Thank you. Shout out to Misha Williams. Jatea, thank you. Amina. Charlisha Renata. Shout out to Chris. Thanks to Mara Coleman. Jasmine Gore. Honey. Shiana Hicks. Alimatu Salah, Miss Faye. Thank you, Miss Faye. Marilyn Brown. Shout out to Tony M for upping your pledge. Shout out to Indy Ray for editing your pledge. Desi, Charlie Elliott's Yearby, Avery Huff, Lorelai. I love that name. Lorelai Black. Thank you. Nathan Fennel, Niz Rock, Kiera Caviness, Kari. K, all the kids coming through. <laughs> Ande Diege. Shout out to Black and Sage for becoming a patron. Shout out to Pia for upping your pledge. Shout out to Sharita Musgrove. Shout out to Nandi Smith. Shout out to Jasmine Alyssa Frick Jenkins. Shout out to Pia for upping your pledge. Oh, I think we good. Yes. Thank y'all so much for becoming patrons. I don't take it lightly. I think I had a little uptick in patrons because they're of the um, the book club. So really excited for folks to join in for that. 
And yes, I'm sharing the energy of abundance with you as you have shared it with me. I appreciate y'all so, so much. You know, I don't take the energy of money lightly. I don't take sharing lightly or community lightly. Thank you for taking care of me, allowing me to do this work and pouring into this work um, and supporting the show and everything else that comes along with this. So I'm sending that energy right back to you tenfold. As you are sharing it with me, may you have all of the things that you need, all the money, all the resources, all the coin, whatever it is, as you shared it with me, I'm speaking it into existence and that abundance into existence into your life as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. And of course, big shout out to those of you who hit me up on the cash app for a more non-committal way to donate to the show at dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E or on my PayPal at the Jujubay, T-H-E-J-U-J-U-B-A-E at gmail.com. Big shout outs to those of you who have donated in that way. I say a little prayer for you each time. So thank you. And if you are interested in the non-monetary ways to donate to the show, which are just as important, shout me out. Tag ALJ pod, tag Jujubay on social media, put people onto the show, tell them what this podcast is and what it's about. Comment, subscribe so that I pop up when a new episode comes out so you already are hip and you know. Just let people know about the show. You can rate five stars on Apple or whatever platform that you are using and just help me spread the good juju gospel. I appreciate everyone who always tags and tells me they're listening and puts people onto the show. I deeply, deeply appreciate that as well. All that information will be in the show notes. So now let's get back into the show. All you need is a little juju. And now I'm just so, so excited to get into the show today. I'm so excited to introduce the People's Oracle, aka Dana Lynn Knuckles, who is such an amazing astrologer, who is just so smart, expansive, and really just talks about astrology in a way that I think is so necessary, regardless if if you follow sidereal or you're not much of an astrology person or you identify with tropical, whatever it is. I think that um, People's Oracle really just gives us like a grounded perspective and way to look at astrology that is liberatory and it's not... um, individualistic or I mean y'all she's really just about to break it down so I'm excited to share this with you all I hope you all enjoy I enjoyed interviewing her and yeah let's just let's just get into it I present to you the people's oracle all you need is a little juju hello Dana thank you so much for being here today for your ALJ pod interview I'm very 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 excited to talk to you like I'm so excited. I was talking about you last episode and you weren't even on the episode yet. So I'm so happy that you're here and with me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Like, I feel like we just been circling around each other, like, like orbiting like planets who are, are, you know, destined to meet up and we finally have our moment. So I'm just so, so, so excited. Yes. I agree. Thank you. And yes, bringing in the planets already. So let's talk about, you know, why you're on the show today. I mean, of course, because your work is amazing. And I saw you on Twitter and I was hearing your name in the streets. And I was <laughs> like, let me follow, you know, people's Oracle. And then just seeing you talk about astrology in such a new, fascinating liberating way has honestly already changed my life even before I did a reading with you so I just want to just open it up now and ask so what 
So wait, first, who are you? And then we'll get into what Sidereal is. Okay. Well, I am Dana Lynn Knuckles. I go by the People's Oracle. And that is because everything I do is for the people. This is not for me. I mean, I have a gift and gifts are meant to be given. So I'm giving them to the people. Um, I was born in the Pentecostal church. Actually, actually, let's rewind that. I actually was adopted. And from that bloodline, I am the descendant of uh, several, several generations of Baptist preachers, musicians, singers. And the family that I was adopted into um, has a legacy of church and the Pentecostal assemblies of the world. And so kind of this calling as a preacher and teacher, like there was really no way for me to get out of it. And it's manifested in so many ways in my life, but it's really culminated right now into my work as the People's Oracle, where I offer divination for liberation. I use oracles um, as tools of liberation for oppressed peoples, uh, tarot, sidereal astrology, dream interpretation, interpretation rather, um, Chinese astrology, and just channeling and mediumship, you know, we start with the symbols, but symbols can't contain spirits. So we always kind of move from there as well. Mm, <laughs> so let's get into sidereal astrology and what it is. And for my listeners who are like, so I did, what? Yeah, I didn't know what none of this was either until <laughs> literally following <laughs> Dana. So can you just say for this, those of us who do not know, what is sidereal astrology? Okay, good. I'm going to try to keep this as concise and brief as possible because I don't really think that there's a consensus around what astrology actually is. And this really Hmm. confuses people who are trying to come into this discipline. And so I've worked really hard to try to develop concise language around what astrology is. And for me, astrology is fundamentally a language of symbols, just like the words that we use, just like tarot cards, just like our dream symbols, just like your whole entire world and life is full of symbols that can speak to you if you're listening. And so astrology has the added component of time. So in addition to being a language, astrology is a calendar, right, that segments and names time. And through that segmenting and naming time, we can also interpret time. So just like you look at your calendar and you'd be like, oh, June 23rd is coming. And that date has some meaning and significance for you. Maybe it's just a particular segment of that day that has a particular meaning for you. But in astrology, we take that segment and naming of time and we know it means something specific and it can speak to us. Now, astrology itself is rooted in the planets. And that's really important to understand because most people coming to astrology are fixated on signs. That's their introduction. But the signs are actually derived from planets. And so in a sidereal astrology, we are taking these kind of primary components, such as the zodiac and the planets, and we are approaching them in a different way, both spiritually, philosophically, and mathematically. So the mathematical difference is that a zodiac is not real. It is a projection onto the path that the sun appears to travel each day and year. The sun doesn't move, right? So this is all symbolic from the very conception of the zodiac. Mm -hmm. Um, So this projection on this path called the ecliptic has a start point. The difference between the tropical and the sidereal zodiac is where we start the zodiac. What is the reference point? So in tropical, 
we use the Aries ingress. When the sun reaches this particular point in reference to Earth and the ecliptic, we say that this point is zero Aries and thus the zodiac begins. However, in sidereal, this zero Aries point was actually connected to something tangible and observable. Um, and this kind of goes back to, we can, we can take it back to a lot of different civilizations. And I'm prefacing this, Juju, that I am not a hotep. I'm not trying to be... <laughs> um, I'm not trying to be ahistorical, but it's factual mm -hmm. that on the day that they marked as the Aries ingress, the first day of spring, this is going back to um, Mesopotamia and Egypt or whatever it was called near the Nile. Um, there were all of these different astronomical phenomenons that were connected to ecological climatological uh, phenomenon. One of which is that one, on the first day of spring, you could observe the fixed star Sirius setting on the Western horizon when the sun rised, right? So they knew it was spring because this particular star, which was very bright and visible Sirius, was setting on the Western horizon at sunset, okay? This also coincides with lots of different behaviors around the Nile River, like when it reaches its peak and when it wades and right, their whole lives were centered around this. And so in sidereal, we just go back to the reference point rather than um, the seasons, right? So we go mm. back to observing the fixed star. Now, this doesn't mean that we are um, seeing these zodiac signs um, in alignment with the constellations. You will notice I have not mentioned that word first. And that's a really big misnomer or, or misunderstanding that somehow the sidereal zodiac is more accurate because it is aligned with the constellations. And it's like, first of all, again, the zodiac is not real. Um, the constellations are not equals 30 degrees. Now, if you want to use the constellational zodiac and add a bunch of different signs, that's cool. That's your MO, but that's not what this is. I hope that was a good explanation. <laughs> it's a great explanation. And there's so much I think that could be picked apart in so many ways we could go based on what you said. But I think the first thing for me that sort of shook the table was you saying that the Zodiac is not real. And I think like, wait, what? Like, I think that's mm -hmm. the world stop because at least in the ways that many of us interact with, you know, astrology, it's through the Zodiac. So can you just go a little bit deeper into what do you mean by that? Is that it's not real? Absolutely. Is the word apple real? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not an apple, but... <laughs> right. It's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a symbol in English that I just gave you. And right. depending on where you are in history and time, culturally, politically, socially, you may not even have a word for apple because it just might not exist to you. And so my whole point in bringing that up is that we, uh, this, is, this is why I call astrology a language because languages shape perception. They are a consequence of social hierarchies. They are a consequence of political power structures, right? Should I call you Negro, nigga, black, nigger, colored, brown, purple, green, African-American, right? As a concept, mm. you can understand 
that I'm referencing in quotations, the same thing. Right. Right. But politically and socially, when we add the context, that gets real heavy. Like who's saying it? What year is it? Who they saying it to? Where are they when they're saying it? How many people heard them? Right. Right. So let's bring this back to astrology. Astrology is a language and just like any language, right? It shapes perception. It's a consequence of political and social and historical hierarchies and context. And it's so important that we understand astrology that way because we like to objectify it and make it something that exists as some objective truth outside of us. But the fact of the matter is that the Zodiac doesn't really exist It is not this thing that you can bring down or measure or or it's a concept. It's a projection. It's the meaning that we have ascribed to. It's the it's it's a a way to understand what we're looking at. An hour does not exist. It's a concept. Right. right, Leo does not exist. It's a concept. Right sure. now, the constellations are real, just like an apple is real. But it's important that we not conflate the concept with the actual thing, just mm-hmm. like you're not going to conflate being a nigger with the actual thing. Right. 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 So when I say the zodiac is not real, what I'm saying is it's a symbolic language. Right. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like when we use tarot cards, um, you know, we we see these images in the traditional kind of Rider Waite Coleman Smith deck, but none of these images are actually relevant to us, <laughs> right? They're they're these images that come from a kind of European Christian thing, right? That's why we have these yeah. images of revelation and and mm-hmm. and death and um, all of these things. Um, so so my whole point here is that when I say the zodiac is not real. What I'm saying is it's a language and it's symbols and it's words. And the words are not real. They're flexible and they're changing. And our astrology needs to reflect that. And our understanding of astrology needs to reflect that. Mm, That's such an important, important, important point that I think I make on the show just around our different, just around different religions and traditions in general and the importance of them to morph and change because we're on a different mm. grid than they were when they were created. And of course there are some core things that we follow, but it's so important to leave room for things to expand. And I'm so glad that you said that. And I never thought about that in the form of astrology because I'm not an astrologer, mm. but okay. thank you for okay. uplifting that. Um, So, how did you find sidereal? Because norm, I don't think people typically, like if they're going into astrology, they may not find this sort of uh, f- form of astrology initially. So have mm. you always been interested in sidereal and working with it? No, I have a really funny story that I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, will find interesting, although they may not be old enough. I don't know. So <laughs> we got a range. Uh, right. So, so I have always been um, interested in spiritual, metaphysical, occult things. From the time that I was a kid, I knew that like being psychic was a real thing. I knew that dreams and, and premonitions and spirits and ghosts, I just knew it was real. It's just a knowing that I was born with. 
And my whole life, I think I was searching for evidence. Um, I was searching for um, um, something to, to prove that this was as real as I felt it in my bones. Mm. By the time, let's see, this was after college. This was in like 2007. By the time I got to 2007, I had already started kind of orbiting astrology as a concept. Now, because of the way that I grew up, I just really didn't have any reference point for what astrology really was outside of zodiac signs and horoscopes. Um, the internet was becoming this, this huge thing. So I would search, but I just really didn't know. So in 2007, I met another Black woman artist. And um, she was like, do you want to study astrology with me? And I was like, oh, my God, this was like a dream come true. And we went to the <laughs> library and mm -hmm. checked out every book that they had on the topic. And I was just obsessed from that point forward. I used to carry around a little tote bag. And in my tote bag, I had all my notes and notebooks and charts that I was studying and I would just pour over them. Like any minute I got a chance to um, look at them. So about three years into my study, people were like, girl, you are good at this. I, I have never like met anybody who could really read people like this. You should pay people for readings. I was like, what? I mean, you should have people pay you for readings. I was like, what? Eh. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I think about Four or five people told me this like in the same week. And I was just like, mm -hmm. okay. So I started a blog called Electric Mind Astrology. And my little tag nine was illuminating the current of your life, right? Cute. Um, I know, right? <laughs> I stand a brand queen. Um, so and so I, right, I started the blog and immediately um, I just started getting clients from all over the world. My Facebook was blowing up. Um, and then a little kind of like chink in my plans came. I got pregnant, but it gave me a sabbatical kind of. And during that sabbatical, um, in the kind of white side, just be honest, of the astrological community, um, there was this real obsession with like translating these traditional texts and coming back to the roots of the discipline. And, you know, Hellenistic astrology was becoming a thing. Someone branded this particular aspect of traditional astrology. I was like, all right, let me see what these people talking about. So I got my hands on some texts and I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Now, mind you, I had already had like a whole slew of clients, a practice and a blog. But by this time, I had kind of tapered off into that aspect of my practice. And so I eventually completely shut it down. And I was like, wait a minute. OK, this is something here. And so I started to try up and apply the techniques that I was learning and the reference and framework that I was learning from these texts, but they did not work. And I was just like, I know astrology is capable of so much more of what I was using it. I know it's consistent. I know it's accurate. I know it's logical. So I was reminded in this moment that probably this was what in 2014, so four years, three years prior, I went to an event um, that was sponsored by the Osera Osset Society. Osset Society. Are you familiar with that? I don't think so. Okay. So this is like this fringe kind of religious sect that is founded by this guy named Ra, Ra Unnefert. And he calls himself kind of revitalizing 
and really repackaging like this comedic Egyptian spirituality. Do has like his own Oracle deck. He has mm. like um, uh, kind of, I don't know if they're called congregations, whatever they are all over the country. It was really much more popular in like the eighties and nineties, I think, but he yeah, came to Chicago. Actually. He came to Chicago and did a a seminar introducing Ba Zi, which is Chinese astrology, to his followers. I was like, eh, this is interesting. Afterwards, I went up and talked to him and I'm all like, I'm an astrologer. Da, 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 da. He was like, you need to switch to the sidereal zodiac. And I was like, um, no, I don't. Oh, wow. And I was just like, hmm. He was like, don't worry, you will. Well. Ooh, not him reading. Well, <laughs> right. When those techniques weren't working, first I thought my birth time was wrong, but then I was mm-hmm. like, everybody's birth time can't be wrong. So after that, I was like, well, let me see what my, my, let's, let's try this in sidereal. And just based on the, what, 70 years of like experience reading that I had prior and all the new information I got, it was like somebody turned on the biggest spotlight and all of a sudden everything was clear. And I was like, oh, oh my God, this is the missing piece. This Hmm. is why I couldn't make sense of it. This is why I didn't work consistently. This is why I had to rely so much on my intuition and not on like a a consistent framework that made Hmm. it make sense. Right. And that's how I came to Sidereal. It was like this wow. strange, just like my curiosity just got the best of me as it always does. So when you say, you know, you were relying on your intuition and certain things weren't making sense, I guess I'm wondering what about tropical do you think is not, you didn't use the word of it's not enough, but what is it missing that you think is important for folks to be incorporating um, that Sidereal does incorporate? So two things. First, um, just remembering that that astrology is a language and all languages, right? They are both prescriptive and descriptive. Prescriptive in that they shape your perception of things, right? And I see it all the time with astrology. I posted this tweet the other day and I said, I just simply tweeted, Jill equals Pisces Taurus, Erica, Erica, (laughs) Erica equals Aquarius Scorpio. Now I didn't mention any planets. I didn't mention any placements. I just mentioned now the back is that I looked at their charts and those two signs were very, very prominent in both of their charts, but I mentioned this and the responses were so interesting. There were some people who were like, yo, The whole time I was watching this, I just knew Jill was a Pisces. And I couldn't believe it when I looked at her birthday and it put her son in Aries. Mm -hmm. And then there were some people that they just couldn't bridge the cognitive dissonance in their brain of why Jill was this sensual, sensitive, making eye contact with us, like two feet from the camera, like come into my living room. No, let me come into yours. Like completely blurring the boundaries of any distance or separateness. Right? There were times I had to look away because Jill was just giving me like It was deep. Ooh! (laughs) Right? It was deep. It was amazing for people to experience that. Yes. And still go back and try to be like, but that's Aries. 
And I'm like, can you really logically make that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is what I mean by language being prescriptive versus descriptive, meaning that you have this existing framework for understanding what things are and what things mean that are contained in language. If the only word that you have for black people is nigger, guess what black people are to you? And when you meet one that's not, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to be able to integrate that into a nuanced understanding. And this is what we do with astrology. We get into a relationship with somebody and they're a cancer. And so now every single cancer we encounter, right, we've turned this into prescriptive stereotype rather than really understanding what something is by observing it and letting it speak to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that happens with the tropical zodiac, and I don't think that this is necessarily inherent to the tropical zodiac, but if you look at the history of why we're all using this tropical zodiac and who made that decision and when and where in time and politically, right, it makes a lot of sense. Right. And let me just give you that because I don't think your listeners know. Um, yeah, please. Right? <laughs> we're waiting. <laughs> So, so, so the, the tropical and the sidereal zodiac um, were once kind of observationally the same. Um, and you all in your own time can go look up at the precession of the equinoxes to understand why they've changed. Long story short is that we like time that is predictably segmented, right? 12 o'clock noon. 12 o'clock noon is not really noon every day of the year. The sun is not reaching its peak at 12 o'clock noon. It's just a convenient way, right, mm -hmm. for us to tell time and, and relate to reality the same. So um, the, because of a variety of political and religious um, disruptions to the religion, I mean, to the tradition, rather, um, by the time we get to, like, the 1600s, 1700s, really the 1600s, uh, maybe 1500s, um, we're having a, quote, revival of astrology. And the people who are unofficially tasked with this revival are European, right? Well, And they're not astrologers, right? Huh. Ptolemy was a librarian, actually. And as he's compiling text and putting together this library, he decides to kind of um, summarize in a way some of these things that he's come to understand from all of these different texts. And then he puts it, you know, in Latin or English or whatever it was at the time. So already lost in translation just by the change in language, right? You right. already lose things in translation when you go from ancient Greek to Latin or mm -hmm. from ancient Greek to Persian mm -hmm. to Latin. Right. Or ancient Greek to Persian to somebody else's Persian to somebody else's Latin to somebody else's Latin, right? So already we done lost a bunch of stuff. So this guy is like, uh, yeah, so I'm looking at these zodiacs and it looks like you're supposed to use the tropical zodiac. Literally, that's why we use the tropical zodiac because he was wow. like, yeah, it just makes sense to do this. He was not an astrologer, right? And he was reading translations of translations. Right. But this mm. is how things happen. We take things on the Bible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and that's how people treat astrology. Yeah. How right. dare you tell me that I am not a Leo? I am a Leo. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
What is, tropi- what is tropical missing? First of all, and again, I'll really be trying not to be like one of those people that makes everything black, but I'm black, so. <laughs> so, hey. Hey, right? Um, it is missing blackness as a concept, as an identity, as a voice. Oh. Um, hmm. In an article on my blog called The Liberating Power of the Sidereal Zodiac, I kind of outlined like some of my experiences coming around to using the sidereal zodiac. But one of the things that just felt so, so, so real and right to me is that it was only a black woman who could uncover this. Because to me, it's so straightforward and so logical and so consistent. When I first started this particular iteration of my business, I was looking around like, why hasn't anybody else figured this out? This is so obvious and simple. Let me hurry up and get my stuff out before these people. Now, of course, nobody ever came too. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is people are vested in languages, right? People are vested in the perceptions that are shaped by languages. And coming to the sidereal zodiac didn't mean that I just took tropical and and all the interpretations and meaning and placed it on sidereal, right? I had to really let the Zodiac speak to me and tell me what it is because it just didn't work. I tried Mm -hmm. that. I tried to take my understandings of tropical and place it on there and it did not work. And as I let the Zodiac speak to me, I realized this is a whole different framework for identity. This is a whole different framework for understanding what the self is, where the self comes from. Right. 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 And that's what's missing from tropical. Where is the explicit framework that tells you why you're interpreting things this way? We take it for granted, just like we do anything that's Eurocentric or white. We take that as the norm, as the standard. And everything else is a deviance from that. Mm. I'm curious, do you think that sidereal and tropical can work together? And do you think that there it's possible for astrologers to sort of do this same uncovering as you have done with sidereal with tropical? Mm. I will say this. Most people come to astrology just out of curiosity. I mean, right now it's just a hot topic, but they come to it like, hmm, what does that mean? And then they want to know more. And then they want to know more. And for many people, it becomes too complex. So they stop and they're satisfied with their prescriptive stereotypes. Mm -hmm. You a Leo, I know what that means. It's like, wow, really? Do Mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Um, so how I've come to understand tropical is, and I literally just tweeted this before, um, our meeting today, that tropical seems to function like a colloquial language, like slang, right? And there's nothing wrong with slang, right? There's nothing wrong with colloquialisms, but if you take them literally, you will misunderstand them. And so there is the theory and concept of astrology that is rooted in planets, 
a clear logic and even kind of a philosophical understanding of the nature of planets as they've been observed. And then there are colloquialisms, right? There are, oh, Leos love their hair, right? Right. And we, we, we come to a very thin line with tropical where this line is demarcating how much of this is describing me and telling me who I am or telling me, or, or I would say validating my judgment and my perception of things and how much of this is something that I'm trying to conform to. One of the things that I hear most often when people have their aha moments with sidereal is that I've been trying to fit into this Leo box for so long and it just, it just didn't make sense. And I thought that I was right. People like to be told what to do. So they look to these astrological stereotypes as aspirational, right? Going back Mm. to the whole Jill Scott, Erica Badu things, people really took personally that their favorite celebrity was no longer their same sun sign. Right. Well, I'm an Aries and Jill is an Aries and you can't just make the Zodiac what you want it to be. It's like, ma'am, you don't even know what the Zodiac is. Like you couldn't, you couldn't explain it to me if I asked. So please just cut it out. Right. (laughs) But I think that you can use both, but I don't think that most people understand astrology enough to use both. Right. To be able to speak tropical and be able to speak sidereal. Right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. most people speak sidereal, but we know very well that you can speak a language without knowing how to write it or read it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the issue comes when you try to write and read tropical. Right. When you try to write and read tropical, then it becomes really, really difficult because the syntax and the grammar is not consistent. You're trying to apply language rules to slang. When I say I'll be walking down the street fast because them hoes be following me all over the place, right? You <laughs> yeah. can't apply the logic of English grammar to that because then you lose its meaning. Well, she used the verb to be right. in the present tense and she actually did not conjugate the verb with the subject. <laughs> and then she did not use punctual. It's like, come on, mm-hmm. right? So it works in theory to be able to say, Leo is this, cancer is this. But once you really start trying to use astrology, it completely falls apart. Now, I just want to say that there are plenty of people who very well use the tropical zodiac. But the one person in my mind who I know uses the tropical zodiac well is more of a scientist. And he's been observing the way that these signs function in real time. And he's allowed that to inform what the signs mean to him. For example, he might say, and I'm talking about Sam Reynolds, another um, prolific black astrologer. Um, He's been able to say that Taurus, for example, is this radical sign. And so there must be something about Venus that's deviant and radical. Now, the logic of that for me doesn't make sense because Venus harmonizes and blurs distinctions and wants to draw people closer together, right? But in practice, what he's saying makes sense, because if you're using the tropical zodiac and you see, for example, uh, Martin Luther King being tropical Taurus rising, or you see um, Muhammad Ali having Mars and Saturn in tropical Taurus, 
that makes sense. But then if you just switch their charts to sidereal, duh. Uh-huh. Of I see. Of course Muhammad Ali has Mars and Saturn and Aries in the 10th house. What mm-hmm. else would you expect the greatest physical dominant boxer of all times to have? Right. Of course right. Malcolm X has Moon and Mercury and Aries. What do you expect the fire brand preacher who was saying stuff that like people were like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. that's not Taurus. Come on. Yeah. You, you just like, it's that simple. Hmm. It's that simple. And hmm. <laughs> I, I just already know people are like shook because <laughs> every time I listen to you speak, I be shook again, because it's just such a mind open opening. And again, liberating idea and okay so I mean even to just get into the next question you say divination for liberation I'm wondering how have you used and how have you seen sidereal astrology used for liberation and specifically liberation of black people like why is this why is this relevant to us right now why sidereal why now and why Mm. for liberation I think I got to start with the quote if I can find it Mm-hmm. Um, this is from James H. Cone. He is a was an author um, who wrote a lot about liberation theology, Black liberation theology. And in his book called God of the Oppressed, there's a quote here that says, authentic liberation of self is only attainable in the context of an oppressed community in the struggle of freedom. Mm. he's really saying that liberation isn't even as an attainable thing, state of being is the possession, not even the possession. It's the realm of the oppressed, right? That the oppressors and those who are in positions of power, they too must be liberated, but they can't liberate themselves. Right. How can they liberate themselves? Right by giving up power, but power is never given up, it's taken, right? It's demanded. So divination for liberation for me really goes to the roots of being a black woman in America who is a descendant of Africans who were kidnapped and enslaved and somehow managed to preserve their spiritual connection to their gods by oftentimes hiding their rituals in plain sight by taking everyday objects, substances, by connecting to the earth and land around them and finding and nourishing their God there. When we talk about hoodoo, when we talk about Santeria, when we talk about Vodun, all of these different spiritual practices, we are talking about spiritual practices that evolved from an oppressed people's need to maintain contact with their God. And it evolved from a lack of both political and economic agency in their world. These spiritualities are not divorced from the politics and the economics of the times that they came up with. 
right? We have hoodoo remedies for money, for healing babies, for bringing on fertility, because those were the very things that we were not granted access to in the material realm. And so divination for liberation for me means that any oracle, any spiritual tool, its primary function is liberation. If your spirituality, if your ritual, if your religion is only meant to find you a husband and make you win capitalism, you're doing it wrong. Because the whole point of these spiritualities and the way that they have emerged is because these systems and structures were never meant for us and the systems and structures themselves are oppressive. So you are still oppressed if you win capitalism because in order to win capitalism, you have to oppress somebody else. You have to benefit from somebody else's lack of agency and poverty. So divination for liberation means any tool that allows me the capacity to see beyond what is physically in front of me, past, present, or future is meant for liberation. Period. Point blank. Sidereal astrology is liberating because, and this is a huge, huge, huge difference between tropical, right? And I've never seen anybody come up with a a, a satisfactory rebuttal to this. That The modern Western mind, modern Western culture places the individual as supreme. Your successes and your failures are a consequence of your own strength or lack of will, ingenuity, and innovation, right? Whether you succeed or fail in America only has to do with because maybe you should go to school. Maybe you should get a better job. Right. All of these things that are assumed to be accessible and available to us. And unfortunately, it is impossible to separate the astrological language that has evolved as tropical astrology from that ideological framework. The Mm. whole reason why everybody even knows what their sun sign is is because some white man thought that it would be a great and easy way to make money by writing horoscopes for people. And he would put ads in a newspaper. I believe his name is Alan Leo. I could be really wrong, so don't quote me on that. But you can look it up because I'm not making it up. Um, Google's free. Um, But he would put ads in a newspaper and be like, you know, send me a dollar or whatever it was at the time, and I will write a personal horoscope for you, right? And he just simplified it to make it a commodity. So you send me your birthday. People don't know their birth times. There's not even standardized time at the time, right? (laughs) There's not even like a standardized clock. So, you know, hey, here, right? Because before then, you know, astrology was really a tool of the aristocracy, right? If you go look at the birth records of British royals, you know the date, time, and location of every single British royal who was ever, ever born back to the first, right? Because Mm -hmm. they used astrology, Hmm. right? So this tradition of tropical that comes from that lineage, we land in like the 1700s at Ah, Sun Sign Astrology. Now, for all of your listeners who, who haven't heard this before, I really hope that this causes them to think really differently. In astrology, 
every planet means something, right? Um, sun is men, right? I mean, it's the sun, it's father, it's dad. Moon is mother and women and the womb and family and home, right? Why do we have an astrology that focuses almost exclusively on the sun to the point that the way the tropical zodiac is even calculated removes the solar system from its larger context as being in galaxies and the universe and just says, no, we're just going to focus on this relationship between the sun and earth because the sun is the most important planet. It's who you are. It's everything. And it's like, we got to push back on that. Why is my identity centered in a traditionally masculine planet? Why? Why Whoa. is that? Who decided that? What does that mean for astrology? Mm -hmm. Now, I could take it a step further and, you know, you guys can go read Vettius Valens. It's free for download on the Internet. Very first sentence of that whole like explanation. The sun is the organ of mental perception, consciousness. So, again, why is my identity centered in my intellect? What about my body? What about the body I came from? Right. Wow. <laughs> I know you didn't know I was going there, but we going there. I okay, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it just think about ah the patriarchy, but it really to think that it has seeped into astrology in that way, and for you to break it down like that again. Shook. I mean, but the tradition and, is devoid of women, yeah, right? Like there's right. this obsession in Western cultures to make everything legitimate through the lens of academia. So we have yep. to be able to establish a lineage and we need to have references and we need to prove to people that this is legitimate and real because look at all of these texts from the year 300 I have. And this goes, right? Like we're always trying to root it. But unfortunately, because of the history of modern Western culture, everything goes back to a man. And that's one of my biggest gripes, one of my biggest things I face. People come to me and they want to know, ooh, so where did you learn all of this from? I'm not even going to be, I'm not even going to say to you that it came from me. I'll let you find that out. Go look for it. And then when you come back, tell me what you find. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Period. Just tell that me was what you find. That was going to be one of my questions. I mean, because I, per doing my own research, seeing the lack of resources that are around sidereal and you really being the expert. And I saw one of your lives and you were talking about being an expert and how, you know, people are often looking for other resources to say what you're saying to support what you're saying. And you were just like, well, I'm a, a black woman and I've done my study and that's enough. Like you basically said something like that. And that was so impactful for me uh, mm. to hear, mm. to just for even someone to claim, to have the audacity to claim I'm the expert and it's because I've done the study and there's no person or no white man that you can go to who studied this, you know, 10, 20 years ago, who, where I got my stuff from. Like, of course you learn from other astrologers, but what I just needed to say, like, that really shifted something in me to hear you say mm. that and to witness a black another black woman saying something like that. Um, so thank you for saying that. Um, mm -hmm. And I also just want you to talk a little bit. Like I want you to talk your shit. Like <laughs> you tell us about how are you the why you're the expert. Like what and where people can 
you know, I'm not going to ask you, where can people go? Because I know you always say my website, but just talk about that expert space and how you got there. Whew, girl, I'm not going to lie. I just was able to say that like last week. Wow. I just was able to say that like last week. Um, I am a harsh taskmaster on myself. You know, my, my professional training and whole background before becoming astrologer was as a musician. And, um, you know, I thought that if I just practiced and got good enough and perfected my craft, perfected my songwriting, perfecting my stage presentation and all of these things, that success would be mine. But God had other plans. And, mm-hmm. and, and now I really understand that music was meant to keep me alive until I could get here. I'm not going to give my testimony. I just tweeted about it. You can go find it on my blog, but life ain't been no crystal stare mm-hmm. in the words of our ancestor Langston Hughes, right? Um, so really being able to come to this point is one, just a factual reality. You don't have to believe me. I don't care really. Um, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is that I did not read what I, what I say, what I do, how I use it anywhere. I did take some basic principles from like Vettius Valens and Dorotheus of Sidon, but also understanding that many of the ways even traditional techniques are packaged are inside of the framework of tropical astrology. And, and if, you're, if your listeners don't get anything from me today, and this goes back to divination for liberation or divination and liberation as a concept. If you guys don't get anything from me today, I really want you guys to understand that it's so important to pull your lens back and stop taking shit for granted as, as a given because your whole entire world has been whitewashed. And I'm not saying this to be some deep hotep. I'm literally saying to you that there are no black people in the tradition of Western astrology. When you go and look at, oh, well, Venus represents this person. They're all white people. They're not talking about 4A, 4B, and 4C hair. And they're not talking about mocha or chocolate or caramel skin. They're not talking about moles and, and all of the different things that are peculiar to us black people, right? They're talking about blonde hair or red hair or maybe a yellowy milkish skin. You're mm-hmm. not there. Mm-hmm. It was not for you. So whether you're using tropical or sidereal, you need to create an astrology that speaks your reality. You don't need to take on somebody else's reality. This is not religion. You don't need to conform your whole being to their doctrine. We've done it enough. So I don't care what Zodiac you use. I don't care what, what, what divination tool you use. Ask why. Look for yourself in it. Look for your hair. Look for your skin. Mm. Look for your oppression. Look for your suffering. Look for your power. Look for the wisdom that is peculiar to where you come from. And if it's not there, I promise you it's not for you. And you can paste the label of black on it, but that don't make it nothing but a label. True. That's why I appreciate (sighs) all of these black women who are creating Oracle decks and tarot decks, even though the very deck that we all are modeled after was painted by a black woman. Let's not erase that. Sure This is ours. Yeah. This is, all of this stuff is ours. Divination is a thing because you have been dis- disenfranchised politically. 
Divination is a thing is because you have been stripped of your agency and power to effect change in your community. Divination is a thing because that money don't have your face on it. It was not for you. It was meant to buy and sell you. Mm. Right? Yeah. So let's go back to the actual question you asked Ooh. me. Sorry. I just went off. Sorry. <laughs> Needed that though. <laughs> no, seriously though. Um, what makes somebody an expert? And I kind of regret even using that term because it's such a, a, a capitalist term. It's such a thing of power. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such loaded. a Yeah, it's very, very, very loaded. What I can say is that God gave this to me. We all are given revelations. And there are some who are given revelations that are meant to change the trajectory of a people, like Martin Luther King Jr., right? Like Fannie Lou Hamer, like Shirley, like all of our our, um, elders and ancestors, those who have names we know and those who don't. Right. They were all given revelations that were meant to liberate a people. And this is the liberate the 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 um, revelation that I've been given. And I kind of get kind of uncomfortable, like edging close to a religion. But I'm not you know, I'm not trying to replace your God with this or anything like that. But it is liberating. It is liberating to recognize that the reason something doesn't fit for you is because it wasn't made for you. Like you weren't taken, you weren't taken into consideration as this thing was forming. You weren't even seen as a human or viable person as this thing was forming. It just, it's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, the evidence that I have for me being an expert is that go search sidereal zodiac and then go read about everybody talking about sidereal just like it's tropical. And then when you really want to know how to use it. I'm here. And glad you said the thing about using it as tropical, because I think that that's something that I'm learning to do as, you know, I'm not much of an astrologer and don't really feel like I need to be, (laughs) but (laughs) I I will go to the experts so the people understand. But, you know, even referencing myself as, you know, an actor, cancer a tropical cancer but in sidereal it might not even be correct for me to say or all-encompassing for me to say and I'm a Gemini in sidereal because it sounds like what you're saying is that it's not about my one sign in this sun placement that's already loaded with a lot of masculine energy or male Mm. energy Mm -hmm. but like to actually look at myself and look at my chart in its totality to see what planets and how the planets are showing up and Mm. how it's impacting who I am and maybe I'm just more air and like, maybe Mm. I need to just study air Mm. instead of just walking around saying like, I'm a cancer and that's what I'm going to hold on to. And that's why I'm not a good communicator. And that's why Mm. I'm too afraid to Mm -hmm. speak up. And that's Mm -hmm. why, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, that is the, I don't even know where I was going with that. (laughs) No, I got you. No. And this is really important because I always push back against people who are saying I am a, And the minute that you are ready to embrace the complexity of your being, the minute that you are ready to embrace um, the the many different moving, living and breathing people, places and things that have shaped you and are shaped you, then you're ready for sidereal, right? When you are ready to see yourself as a being becoming, 
You are yes. not a cancer, mm-hmm. right? Your mind maybe has been shaped by the strong influence of women in your life. Right. 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 Um, and I just wanted to say something really quickly. I lost my mm-hmm. train of thought here. I wanted to say that, um, that just as far as like you saying that you didn't feel like you needed to become an astrologer. I think that this is so, so, so important um, that just even in this conversation of experts, there are so many different things that we would not dare to do on our own. I would never dare to try to pull my own tooth. I would never dare try personally. I would never dare to try to perform some complex work spiritually you know, or some ritual, because that's not my calling. That's not my expertise. Could I go on Google and Google how to do this work? Can I go on Google or buy a book or copy what somebody else does? Absolutely. But that's not my calling. And that's not my ministry. Be okay saying that some things are not meant for you to do on your own. Mm -hmm. Let somebody else initiate you into the tradition. Let somebody else's wisdom and decades or years of, of work show you you don't, uh, people cheapen astrology with all these meme makers and horoscopes as if it's just a couple of books away. It took me seven years, some people longer to come to right. this, like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Right. And here we are another six years later. And now I'm fully able to articulate what this thing is because I had to wait for revelation. And that's the thing you can't buy. You're not going to find it on Google and you can't read it in a book. Revelation only comes through work and it has to be given to you and you got to sacrifice something for it. Yep. That goes for any kind of spiritual power. It ain't free. It ain't. So your ritual don't work because you don't have no spiritual power because you ain't gave up nothing to get it. And it's nothing wrong with you, but just recognize your limitations. That's all. That's all. You're not capable of everything. Perhaps mm-hmm. you're just a good knitter or maybe right. you're great at putting on events. That doesn't mean you get to be an astrologer too. respect the tradition, respect the work, respect the sacrifice, because you wouldn't want somebody to come into your profession after they read a book and try to do what you do that you've been doing for 13 years. Because, you know, it's not that simple. It's not. So respect the, the root workers, the practitioners, you know, the magicians, as it were who have been given the revelation, who have been initiated into the tradition. It's so important because that frees you up to find your own calling. It does. And it's dangerous to, to just Absolutely. jump into any, anything like that. It's dangerous. Absolutely. I don't play. I don't Whew. play. <laughs> so we are like coming on time, but I just have to ask you one more question. Then I want you to plug your things, but I I know that people are thinking about this because I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about the people who actually do see themselves in tropical? Like there's not actually this, I don't see myself. I feel like I'm, it's not explaining like, no, I, I, I'm making sense of myself through it. What sort of response do you have for that? If anything, more power to you, boo, do you? Cool. I mean, I, I don't I don't want or expect everyone to see things my way. Um, that's just the way that it is. Uh, if tropical works for you, use it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the other barrier though to 
using sidereal really has to do with a lack of imagination around what astrology is actually capable of. Yep. Right. I see that. That, mm-hmm. that we kind of have been socialized culturally into this uh, uh, doctrine of free will. And, and we believe that, um, that who we are is of our own volition. It's of our own choosing. And at any given moment, we can decide to be different. I think that people are waking up to the fact that that's not true. Because despite their best efforts at having successful relationships, you know, in addition to the structural oppression and barriers, there are real things that are impacting us, shaping our perceptions and judgments that we haven't given word to, that we haven't shown a light of consciousness on, that we haven't acknowledged and become aware of. And that's really the power of, of sidereal for me, that when you sit down with me in a consultation, I don't need to beat around the bush. I don't need to talk around concepts. I don't need to come up with some deep spirituality. If I see five planets in cancer in your chart, I want to know who is she? Who is this mm-hmm. woman who have shaped you and made you? I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I've seen a chart that was cancer rising with Jupiter there, three planets in Libra. As soon as that person sat down in my seat, I said, who are all of these women? And they started crying because it was their aunt and their grandmother and their mother and every single place that they went in the world, women were ushering them to their next phase. That knowledge is powerful. Yes. It allows you to come into a right relationship with what has actually made you to show gratitude for these women. Maybe it's men. Maybe it's men who have been the abusers or women who have been the abusers, but that language is liberating. It's cute to say, oh, look at that Leo. She loves her hair. Or look at that um, that cancer. Oh my gosh, she's so moody. And that's really cute. I mean, I don't have no use for that though. I really don't. That's not right. helping me. Right. I want to know why. I want to know who. I want to know where. And I want to know when. Because that's what's going to liberate with me. Liberate me. If there is a time and a season for all things, for death, for birth, for harvesting, for conserving, for glowing up, for shutting it down. These things are not meant to be a secret from us. Just like the farmer knows when to plant and when to harvest, and he smells the change in the air and he knows to protect his crops from the crumbing frost. We too have been endowed with access to that kind of wisdom for our lives. But again, due to the lack of imagination around what astrology is actually capable of, they only see it as a kind of prescriptive stereotype that allows them to place people in convenient categories and to place themselves in two convenient categories. Yeah. It reminds me of your tweet when you said something like, imagine astrology that doesn't reference everything back to your just yourself or yep. you know, just to you. It's this expansiveness that you keep talking about that I think and I guess what you're communicating is that's so lacking in astrology. Like we are so much more expansive than cancers are moody and Gemini's are two-faced. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, what does that do? How do we use, what is, then what? <laughs> like, right, okay. Right, right. <laughs> and people just stop there and that's fine. That's yeah. totally fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like consumers of astrology, at least, 
who kind of take to tropical, that might be why. Maybe they just really don't need their astrology to do all of that. But I need my astrology to reflect my blackness, to reflect my deviance, to reflect everything about me. Because there's so many things in this world that don't take me into consideration. There are so many categories and binaries and things that try to classify me so I can fit into the existing power structure and economic structure. But one of the most amazing things was seeing how queerness shows up in the birth chart. This is a real thing, right? And this is not Mm -hmm. to say that someone is destined to be some certain way. Take it how you want it. I really don't care, actually. Um, But to see that there is a language to articulate the fact that you don't fit in and there's nothing wrong with you because you don't fit in, you are meant to revolutionize yourself, your family, your culture, your community, your country. Somebody has to stop and be like, yo, this is not cool to treat women this way. This is not cool. It's not right. There's nothing wrong with me, right? We need to be able to encapsulate the breadth of experience into this language of astrology. And in order for it to do that, it has to be living and breathing. And I just can't rely on something some man said 500 years ago because he ain't thinking about me. Mm-hmm. He's trying to maintain his own power. Right. Right. <sighs> At the People's Oracle, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> www.thepeoplesoracle.com Okay, (laughs) so please. Okay, first of all, let me get myself together. (laughs) Is it altar call time? Because you you didn't, I mean, you've just said so much. And this is just going to be something I'm returning to often. So please tell us, how do we find you? How do we work with you? Do you coach? Do you do readings? What do you do? Tell us. All, give us all your things. All the details. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my website, thepeoplesoracle.com is where you can find me. I am a whore for Twitter. And so you can find me just spouting off all kinds of predictions. That's actually one thing we didn't get into today, but that's okay. Um, about the political and kind of economic world predictions that I make mostly on Twitter. Sometimes I'll share them to my Instagram. Both of those are at People's Oracle. Um, currently, some of the other content that you definitely want to catch is my bi-weekly lunation readings. So on the new moons and full moons, I do live broadcast on both Twitter, I'm sorry, on both YouTube and Instagram. Uh, I give a little sermon up top and then we pull some cards and see what spirit has to say for us. Those are so fun and so exciting. So subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search for the People's Oracle. Um, I offer a variety of readings. Um, in addition to sidereal astrology, I offer Bat Zi, which is a Chinese astrology or more appropriately astrology of the Asian diaspora. Um, it just happens to be spoken in Chinese or written in Chinese. Um, I offer tarot readings, dream interpretations. All of those can be found by visiting my website, thepeoplesoracle.com. I think that's it. Did I miss anything? Um, do you teach? Do you mentor? I do take tutoring clients, but um, one of my really big, big, big things that really differs me from other astrologers is that most people are just not interested in becoming expert astrologers. 
most people want to use it. And so I've really focused my energy and time around creating services and um, and products and an approach to astrology that makes it easy to go from zero to using it just like that. So I have um, an online shop where I sell a variety of things that require zero astrological knowledge to start. Um, My kind of flagship product is my yearly sidereal astrology guides. So you can download the 2020 Sidereal Astrology Guide from my online shop. Again, you can access that from my website, thepeoplesoracle.com. It is one part calendar, one part workbook, and one part journal that walks you through one year of astrology with your sidereal birth chart. You do not need to know anything. Everything from how to get your birth chart to what everything means um, is in that book, in that workbook. I use it. You see me showing it in my videos because I really do use it. It like mm-hmm. helps me with my content <laughs> over the course of the year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really focused on allowing people to use astrology. A lot of times being in this capitalist society means that we create unnecessary barriers to things. Um, so we tell people that they got to spend 50 years learning this. And again, the goal is not to become an expert or a practitioner, the goal is to be able to use it in your daily life and to not really need me, actually. Um, right. And so this is why I created the 2020 Sidereal Astrology Guide. I think this is my third one. Um, I've got a monthly horoscope workbook. Um, I've got an introduction to sidereal astrology. Again, this is all meant for you to not have a price barrier, right? Because readings can be expensive. So for 25 bucks, right, this thing has all the explanations of signs and planets and what a transit means and questions and fill in the blanks that allow you to apply it specifically to your birth chart. Again, no technical astrological knowledge needed to start. Wow. We love to see it. We love you over here on ALJ pod. Thank you so, 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 so much. This was a wonderful interview. You dropped so many gems per usual. And I'm just so grateful for your work. I'm grateful for all the stuff you say on Twitter, the stuff that shakes the table, the stuff that folks don't agree. With. I'm here for all of it because it is yes. so like it's it has shifted something in me. Like I, and I just see it, and I have not been following you that long, so I just have I to say it. my praises to you publicly. You are so amazing, and I see you, and I'm just speaking so many blessings over your life because you Thank are doing you so the work. Much. Thank you. You are Thank doing you. the work. Thank you. Alrighty, y'all. So all of that information will be in the show notes, of course. And again, thank you so much for joining me today. Ashe, I hope you all enjoyed the episode with the People's Oracle as much as I did. So yeah, if you would like to reach out to me, of course, you can hit me up on my social media platforms. I'm on Instagram and on Twitter at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, it's Jujubay. And you can also hit me up on the, um, oh, on Instagram at a little juju podcast. You can find me on my website, it's jujubay.com, where I am providing Reiki. And if you would like to book me for some type of speaking engagement, some type of... I don't know, your school is looking for speakers, some type of virtual event, anything. Hit me up on my website, studiobay.com at the contact form. And I think that's pretty much it. I might be dropping an oil soon. I don't know. My patrons might be getting first dibs on it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Anyway, I hope y'all have a good rest of your week. 
sending so many blessings and abundance to you if you are sending the same to me and i hope that you all have a lovely rest of your and grounded rest of this really weird time that we're in um we're gonna be all right we're gonna be all right y'all and uh yeah thank y'all for listening and remember all you need is a little juju and remember i say that every week but remember i'm not the little bit of juju that you need the little juju is you honey the little juju is is the gifts that your spirits gave you that your ancestors gave you it ain't me i know i go by juju but all you need is a little juju that's yourself and your spirits and everything that you came with you have enough all right y'all see ya next time later